It is game day. Jeff is sick, so we have called an audible like Jeff had to last week and got Mitch Harper on the line. I am here today with Las Vegas' own Robbie McCombs from Vanquish the Foe. Robbie, how are you feeling about the game today? Yeah, I mean, hopefully better than Jeff's feeling right now, like physically. Um, yeah, par- apparently, was- uh, he's got his Vegas hangover, like without yeah. alcohol. Yes, this was supposed to be the first time that we'd ever actually recorded together in person. And so I was going to go take my computer because he's staying at the Mandalay Bay right across. I was like, I was going to go take my computer over there. We're going to go up and record in his room and hang out in the book all day. And then he texts me this morning uh, with some expletives about how he felt like he feels sick, cough, throat, like headache, the whole thing. So he's trying to sleep it off until like yeah. three o'clock and then get up and get ready to go to the game. Uh, so thankfully you were able to hop on, but I, how are you? I, I kind of feel the way Jeff is feeling about this game. Like I'm it, it, the, the confidence is fine. As the week has gone on, my confidence has gone lower and lower, despite the fact that I have convinced myself more and more that the first half of the last two games were just because the team was like not focused and just thought like, you know, we can, Utah State and Wyoming suck. We can just show up. We'll roll right through them and both sides of the ball, like not playing with much intensity and much focus and then tighten it up at halftime after they got their butts chewed out. So even though I'm like feeling, okay, they're going to come out ready to play, I'm still like I have zero confidence. I'm not – there's no good tingles today. I know. I, I hear you. I, f- I feel like usually my confidence, especially like once BYU comes after like – I mean, they won the last two games obviously, but I mean with uninspiring performances for largely like – I usually convince myself as the week goes along, like by the time game day Saturday gets here, like I'm amped, ready to go. And I, I feel, I feel, you know, decent. I think, I think BYU's defense will do better. It seems like, I feel like Kalani in some ways is kind of like the Mike Tomlin of the NFL, like the Steelers, like, I, like Mike Tom, like the Steelers, he's a very like emotional coach of the Steelers. Like, Steelers often get up for big games and like they're down for low games. I feel like Kalani, like I love Kalani. He's a perfect coach for BYU, but I feel like, He's a very emotional coach, and BYU often, I feel like, matches that. Like, they could get up for the big games. Like, Baylor defense somehow played super well um, against that offense. But in the last two games, uninspiring performances in the first half. So I'm hoping BYU's defense, the linebackers really need to show up. Uh, the defense comes out to the play because, who knows, they might need to help out the offense a little bit. If Jaron's shoulder, like Utah State might have done they, they, their voodoo last game, they might have done some weird things to his shoulder. Um, they might need to step it up a little bit. Um, I think BYU will keep it close. So I don't know if I could pick a BYU win, but I think – BYU's defense will come to play a little more and at least keep this competitive. Yeah. And regarding Jaron Shoulder, I mean, there's nothing uh, I nothing publicly said. I wouldn't take anything publicly said about any injuries <laughs> from this staff <laughs> at all. Um, but he did get hit hard last week, and then he got up holding his shoulder. And then I didn't even really pay much attention to it, like, after that. But then was I yep. was listening to the cover three – um podcast and bud elliott mentioned because he you know the national cbs guy he mentioned that he noticed that after that there was only one time that hall threw the ball more than five yards like beyond the line of scrimmage every other play that they called was like there was one deep ball there's one ball that he tried to push down the field to um rex that he overthrew him but then the only other ball that was like semi downfield was that touchdown to Cody Epps, which was like a slant that was like he caught it like six yards down the field. So it was yeah. like everything was very, very short. And so he was like, oh, maybe he was, maybe he was hurt and they're, you know, maybe 
been some rumblings that you know he was banged up obviously if you anytime you get hit if you're like walking off the field holding something like you're banged up it's so it's you know if it's just a sprain it can get more hurt by him playing but you know pain management in your throwing shoulder is a big deal but we've um you know we've seen i mean there's like the the 2007 utah game where max hall had a separated you know ac joint in his shoulder and he still played like it's just it's pain management and so if you can get amped up and go then you can go and it's fine. And it's even if he didn't practice all week, I still like, he knows this offense. I'm not worried about him needing. Um, yeah. If Jaren's playing, like but, if, if he could play, like he's out there, I mean, he, may, he may not be a hundred percent, but, and they wouldn't have put him out there. I mean, if, if he couldn't do it. So if Jaren's out there, um, it may not be a hundred percent, but what percentage of Jaron Hall do you, does that flip to where you'd be more comfortable with Jacob Conover? Like ninety percent Jaron versus hundred percent Conover, I still take Jaron. Like eighty, yeah, still Jaron. I think yeah, it's it like, like if a, it's into the sixties. I yeah. think is where it might be like. Eh. Yeah, because I mean the thing about Jaron too, he's very good with the ball. I mean he had that one pick against USF, and I kind of feel like he's like, oh, like you know, it's already a blowout. Let me try to see it. How, yeah. If I can throw it in there, give the NFL scouts a good one. And I yeah. mean like maybe BYU throws three deep balls instead of eight deep balls or like whatever it is. Um, so, I mean, which, and then, you know, Pete Thamel, who apparently is the only person in the world that knows about BYU injuries. Uh, I mean, he reported this morning. Is this <laughs> like, like Puka, Puka knows Dana White? Does the Nakua family somehow also know Pete Thamel? <laughs> uh, or maybe he knows President Nelson or like, maybe that's Salt a source of Salt Lake, but like he reported Puka was playing and, Honestly, Pete Thamble's literally the only one I trust more than Kalani saying anything publicly. Um, so, I mean, I mean, Chase Roberts, it sounds like he may still have a hip issue, but I mean, it'd be nice to finally have Puka and Gunner. Like, who knows, Puka might be a little bit limited, but I mean, having those those guys there, um, I mean, will definitely help. Even just the threat of like Puka and Gunner, you know, stretching the offense a little bit. I mean, if Jaren's not throwing quite as many deep balls, it opens up the run game. I think it opens up a lot. So that I think is definitely a big key that would that would be, definitely be nice for BYU's offense today. Yeah, I think the prognosis right now is like with Roberts that it's going to be 50-50 that he gets to play this afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. Puka, I mean, yeah, he says Puka's playing, but still it's just that nagging injury with him. It's I'll believe it when I see it. And it, yeah. you know, I think, yeah. uh, I think he's probably – he's got better chances than Roberts. Um, it does sound – you know, Miles Davis also left the game last week. Um, mm-hmm. he was like holding his hip or, uh, you know, came kind of gingerly and he didn't, he left the game last week and didn't come back and he's a no go today. Um, mm-hmm. it sounds like, so the offense is banged up, uh, but on receivers, I mean, it's like, if you have, even if Roberts is out and Puka is not a hundred percent, like with the way Hill and Epps have been playing that you know, Cosper mm-hmm. and Cosper, like, I still feel totally fine with that group of four guys being able to play and get the job done assuming they have someone to get there with the big thing with jaron if his shoulder is hurt is that so much of this offense is predicated on him being like on him throwing the deep ball well right yeah. like he he we the tend back to shoulder throws on the sideline like far yeah. hash throws mm-hmm. yes where he's just got where he's just got to get out there and rip it and he needs to and so it's hard because we don't throw a ton over the middle which is probably that's his biggest draft knock is that I mean, he'll throw a decent amount on like the edge of the box, but like straight over the center, like down the, like in that, um, like between the tackle, like if you look at like PFF, they look, they consider Mm -hmm. like in the middle of the field between the numbers, which is a pretty big thing. And so it's kind of, unless you go through and tally, you know, cause you could still be throwing 
you know, you could be rolling out and be like 10 yards outside the tackle box, but still that's in between the, in between the hashes. Yeah. Right. And so, um, but putting, yeah, you know, like throwing straight over the middle, we haven't done as much with him. And, and part of that is protecting the ball because that's where it's more likely to get, you know, picked off because there's a lot of bodies in there and that's fine. Like I'm not complaining because obviously we're moving the ball well. He's throwing the ball really well. Um, you know, what's like his, the last 10, nine or 10 games, he's thrown for at least 250 yards and a touchdown, which is like the only streak in the country. He's yeah. playing phenomenally, but a lot of that is predicated on him getting his shots. And so if he can't push the ball downfield and then also the timing issue, like if his shoulders hurt and he's only throwing it like 90% of what he normally can, and it's like the velocity just isn't there to what he expects it to be, then that opens you up to, you know, throwing a duck and getting picked off or you forcing a ball that normally would get there and it just doesn't get there or you, you know, you expect it, you know, the timing is off because, you know, you're throwing it before the receiver makes his break and then he makes his break and the ball's not there yet. And he, you know, and it, he normally would be there. Yeah. So there's that recalibration, um, that recalibration that kind of has to happen. So hopefully, you know, hopefully everything goes well, but it's all of just the being banged up is, combined with kind of just the whole humidness of the defense not is kind of that's yeah. where I, I, i'm not nervous like even the baylor game you know it's like oh yeah it's baylor whatever like they're gonna run the ball super well but the offense is gonna be able to hang like i was not expecting a defensive battle like we got um yeah. but it was like you woke up the day and like okay yeah we can do this like we're gonna shock everyone we're gonna do it and i'm just like yeah. very neutral today i don't know no it, I it's, a, it's a weird feeling and it's hard to know like what we're getting from Notre Dame. Um, I mean, preseason top five, um, you know, the first game Notre against like, Ohio state, they're actually pretty competitive at the horseshoe lost 21 to 10. So you look at that game, I think Notre Dame fans were actually, you know, fairly kind of pretty good come after that game. Cause Ohio state was a national title favorite and Notre Dame really hung with them for three and a half quarters. Um, and then, you know, they came back, lost the Marshall game, but their starting quarterback got injured. So they got drew pine, um, Cal, they won one by a touchdown, but pretty uninspiring. And then two weeks ago, the last game, North Carolina, they, you know, they put up 45 points, social life on offense. I mean, granted, North Carolina's defense is is terrible, but I mean, it's BYU's rush defense much better than North Carolina's rush defense. Um, so I mean, it'll be interesting. Notre Dame is coming off a of bye week, so they've had an extra week to prepare for BYU. It'll be a lot of Notre Dame fans, and you know, they're all traveling to Vegas. I think it'll probably be 70, 75% Notre Dame fans. So I know it's interesting. You know, Notre Dame's got talent. They recruit well. They're preseason top five. I mean, granted, it was part that was inflated because uh, just because probably because of the Notre Dame brand. But um, so it'd be interesting to see. Like Notre Dame, they always have a good offensive line. They got an NFL tight end. Um, they got a good front seven. I think their corners are kind of where they lack a little bit, which is where you would normally you would hope BYU could really take advantage of that because that's where Jaron really thrives on the outside. Right. And it's hard to see what Notre Dame like. Notre Dame come off a of bye week. Like, will they be? coming into Vegas, would they be like distracted these last couple of days? Um, you know, will they be, they're, they're two and two, like, will they kind of feel like reinvigorated Will they kind of feel like their season's kind of uh, like we're two and two already. So it's really interesting to see what kind of Notre Dame team we get. Cause one thing they can do, they do against North Carolina. They can run the ball, which is obviously BYU's defense. So if BYU's defense can't really come up. The linebackers can't do what they were supposed to do preseason. You know, it's kind of scary to think what that, Notre Dame front seven, Michael Meyer, the NFL tight end could kind of do to BYU. Yeah, with their the tight end is probably the biggest weapon just because they've been pretty nondescript at receiver and yeah. running the ball, like they're just fine. So it really is their offense is 
struggled mightily. Um, mm-hmm. You know, especially now they are playing a backup quarterback, but it's his like third game that he's been the guy since uh, the mm-hmm. starter got hurt. And so, and yeah, it will be interesting to see how they attack this defense and kind of really if the defense just shows up and plays the amp. Cause we saw, I mean, we saw a great defensive performance against Baylor and yeah. then they obviously laid an egg both sides of the ball against Oregon, just got completely steamrolled. And then the last two weeks, I mean, really in the first half last week versus the second half, they didn't change that really anything that they were doing on defense. Played harder. It's like, like... <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. if you look at what they were doing, like they didn't add more bodies down the box. They weren't like, they were still going through the same rotations. It wasn't like, you know, one guy was in and then they pulled him out and whatever it was like, they just kind of got amped up and were like, okay, we're actually trying now. And so that's really frustrating, but I don't think that's going to be a problem when you're playing Notre Dame. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's going to be an issue, but it's, it, I just pulled up like the Massey composite ratings and it's this mm-hmm. week. And actually it's interesting. So if you look at like 31 through 35, it's Baylor's 31, Notre Dame's 32, the undefeated James Madison Dukes in their first year in FBS are th- Dukes. 33, and then Arkansas's 34, and we're 35. Uh, so it's we haven't been very efficient. Like, we haven't been efficient on either side of the ball, really, since the USF game. Um, yeah. Well, defensively since Baylor, offensively since USF, we have not played great. And so it's we've just really struggled to play good football for 60 minutes. And that's really, I feel like what we need today, just because it's the talent difference with Notre Dame is just there that it's like, if we get down, it's or like, if we come out flat at all and they get up by a score, then it could be a close game, but it could end up being like a, it's like 34 to 31. And it's just like, we're trading a touchdown for field goals, like back in, like we're never able to just like get ahead. And so it's, this would be a nice time. This would, I mean, we did have the pick six last week and the fumble recovery. So we did get some turnovers last week, but it's, I think there's going to need to be some type of big play to really swing momentum and, um, and kind of take the, the wind out of their sails. Cause I think if we just go out and kind of play the back and forth, like we're just going to go like the Wyoming, what the Wyoming game was, you know, where it's just like, back and forth and back and forth. And then like, we just kind of, well, we're a little better. So we started pulling away at the end. Like that's not going to work. Like there has to be either, yeah. you know, there's got to be big plays, big, a big score. Like there has to be a couple big plays, like huge momentum swinging plays. We can't just, you know, go out and say, okay, well, we're going to have a 12 play drive, score a touchdown. And then they're going to go eight plays and hopefully we get a stop or hold them to a field goal. Like that type of game is not, I feel like is not going to turn out well for us because in this game, they have the talent and so they will be the ones that are pulling away. And if it's, you know, without those big momentum swing, swinging place, but I, I don't know. It's, I would take, given the offense thing, I, I guess, what would your, what is your score prediction going to be for this game? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think it's going to be close. I think I'd pick I'd pick Notre Dame like in a 30 to 27 type game. Um, I mean, talent-wise, Notre Dame's similar to Oregon. And they, they have a lot of talent. Um, and in Bo Nix, as, as many faults as he had, I mean, he's a better quarterback than Notre Dame's Drew Pine is. Uh, I mean, Pine, yeah. he's been at Notre Dame for a few years now. Um, he's got a couple of games under his belt now. So, I mean, 
and I was talking, I, I did a Q and a with the Notre Dame people for vanquish the foe. I mean, he's a solid quarterback, but I mean, there's, there's a reason he was the backup. I mean, he's not, he's not a guy that's going to get out. He's he's not mobile in the sense that he's going to like, you know, sprint down 20 yards for a first down, but he's pretty mobile in the pocket and he could, he could use his legs to extend play. So he is, he's mobile in, in that sort of way. Um, and he's not a guy that's going to take shots down the field, but he's, he's pretty careful with the ball. Um, he hasn't had a pick in his last two games. Um, he's throwing 70% on the year. So, I mean, he's a, like a, probably a little bit of step above a game manager. Um, so that's why I, I don't think it'll be quite as a, like, I don't think Notre Dame could like, bring the top off like Oregon did on BYU. But, yeah. I mean, they have, they have that really good tight end, Michael Meyer. I mean, BYU hasn't really seen a really good tight end this year. I mean, Baylor had Blake Sims who did solid. Um, but it's really the first time. So I, mean, I don't really know how BYU's linebackers will match up on him. Like, yeah. Talon they, Alfred they might be on him a lot. Mm-hmm. They are similar to Baylor in that regard, where their best receiver is a tight end. Like Baylor has Blake Sims, but then the rest of their receiving core is just kind of meh. And they're that's new. kind of like Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're new, and the, and that's kind of Notre Dame is. But like I said, they're still talented. So I just pulled up the twenty four seven like team composite. So looking at all of the players on the roster, and they are the tenth most talented roster in the country. Yeah. According to sandwich between Oklahoma and USC. So it's yeah. not like, yeah, it's not like there's not nobody there. No. But the thing is, yeah, they don't like Drew Pine is like, if they had Caleb Williams at quarterback, I and mean, they'd probably be a top 10 team, for example. Right. Uh, but I mean, with Drew Pine there, that's why they're, they lost to Marshall. Like they barely beat Cal. I mean, they did get against UNC. Um, so that's why I don't think, like, I don't know, maybe they'll just run all over BYU. But I think even if Jaron Hall's limited, if he's out there, I mean, he's playing. Um, like they wouldn't throw Jared Hall out there if he was just total crap, unless Conover is actually is just like actually horrible. But I mean, if if Jaron's out there, I mean he's healthy enough to play. They'll probably shoot up the same painkillers. He'll be able to take a few shots down the field. He hasn't really been running this year much. So I mean, it doesn't really change Buoy's offense much from that standpoint. You got your receivers, um, offensive lines healthy. So I think Buoy's offense, if Jaron's out there, should be able to put up some points. Um, but I still think Notre Dame, like which their advantage in the trenches, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think they'll be able to wear down this BYU defense a little bit, make enough plays. Um, and I think I think Notre Dame would ultimately win 30 to – I'd say like a 30 to 27 um, type game. And especially if it comes down like a close game, like BYU's field goals, like is it, I think I, – I don't – I have no idea. I don't have an insight who's going to be, but I mean it kind of seems like Justin Smith, you know, might be the guy. Um, and Jared, Jake Oldroyd, I mean, he's had so many good moments in his career. But, I mean, kicker, it's just, it's crazy. Two years ago, he was a Lou Groza Award finalist. He was 13 for 13. Um, he had a game-winning kick against Tennessee in 2019, obviously against Arizona in 2016. Not game-winning against it's Tennessee but in 2019, but he's had it over time. time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for some reason, just can't figure it out this year. So, I mean, that's also a factor. So, like, I would love to pick BYU to win. I, I I think Notre Dame. I think it'll be close, but Notre Dame comes away with it, yeah, especially coming I off a of bye week. Yeah, coming off a of bye week, it which I shouldn't actually look. I'm kind of curious now, like how coming off a bye week, how many, um, like how often if one team has a bye and the other doesn't, what the winning percentage of that is. Yeah. Um, at least they, coming off a Thursday game, they've had at least a couple extra days. Yeah. Um, which, um, yeah. So the yeah, so I. I feel like the game is going to be we will get a couple we will get a couple stops they will have a couple field goals but I think a game I think it's going to be 27 to 17 and I think we will it'll be 27 to 17 
and we will probably have two missed field goals. So it could be 27 to 23, but I don't like, yeah, I don't have faith in, I don't have faith in the kicking game. We'll go one for three on field goals and end up at 17. Um, But, and it's kind of weird too, because with Smith, I mean, Oldred has the longer leg. So mm-hmm. Smith, I think it's talking about when you watch the ball coming out of Smith's foot, it's like a very low trajectory. And so like, he just doesn't have the distance. Like I think yeah. he's fine actually, but so it's like, if you're already inside 40, area, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If you're inside 40, then that's where you could put him. But even then it's like, if you're inside 40, a 40 yard field goal, I mean, you're already, that's like, you're on the 20 yard line. Like just go for it. Like why yeah. don't even, don't even mess around like with the field goal. And so I think we, I think we will probably see, um, uh, I think depending on the kicking it, I mean, I think we will see some where it's like we, you know, it's like oh, we're on the thirty-five yard line. I think we'll see a few more, like a, a little bit more aggressive going forward on fourth down, just because when we're in that, like, yeah. in that changes the play game. calling too. Like if it's third and six, you know, you have four downs. Um, right. I mean, Kalani's pretty aggressive going for fourth down anyway, but especially with the lack of faith, likely in the kicking game. I mean, you know, that could definitely change things too and if BYU converts those fourth downs obviously you know right it could be a, well it positive. is in a field and a field goal is a failure it's like less than half of a touchdown so if you're saying like you know if you go for it once you get stopped but then the mm-hmm. other you do it again and you end up scoring a touchdown then that's yeah. better than yeah you got seven points instead of six out of two drives so yeah. it's yeah if every two drives if you would have got two field goals but just one of those you get a touchdown you know it's it's worth getting stuff yeah. on fourth down. So obviously you can't yeah. when you only have like twelve drives a game. There's it's hard to like predict what's going to happen because there's a lot of variability, and that's why we love this stupid godforsaken sport and invest all of our emotion into it. But the um, but it's I think we will probably hopefully see a little bit more aggression. I think in, in these kinds of games too, going for it like that, it kind of sent it sends more of a message of like no, we like we need one yard, we expect to get a yard like we we expect to be able to get the ball like across the line like and kind of it's more even if you don't get it it's like it's kind of an attitude thing right i'm just like we we expect to succeed and we expect to win and like we don't care like we're not gonna we're not gonna play it safe and flip Mm -hmm. the field like as long as we're not pinned deep like we're going for it 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 kind of it sends that message and so i mean i think we may see a little bit of that but really i think it would be an awesome game to just surprise people and just start running the ball even without miles davis like brooks has yeah. the talent it's yeah. like i'm just like I mean, he was really good people. at cal yeah yeah i'm just running the ball well and just like the offensive line has been pretty like not great not they haven't been downright awful but just been very average and run in the run game and that's not what we expected from him this year no. and so just getting that and just saying like hey like, think- like Take it, take it upon ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jaron's a little banged up. We're not going to be able to throw as much. Like, this, we got to yeah. do this. Like, we got to step up and, and make it, make guys move. Like, if BYU does win, I think it's because it's because the run game does well. And that's only going to help Jaron because I mean, Jaron's been so good this year and hitting like tight windows on the sideline. Like, anything to help, help open open that up a little bit, like a little play. Like, the run game is good. He gets play action and hits those sideline throws. Even that extra, like, 18 inches, you know, could be the difference if he has a little bit less velocity. Um, yeah. just with the, with the corners and safeties have to cheat a little bit. So, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, this isn't 1995 anymore, 1980s. We have to run the ball. Like it's, it's really like yeah. NFL cultural become a passing game, but really if like Chris books, I mean, he ran over a couple, couple thousand yards in his Cal career. He had a really good opener against USF, you know, kind of a little bit of garbage time against Utah state, but you know, he looked really good there. 
Um, and, you know, Lopini is Lopini, you know, six-year guy knows it, and we'll see if Miles Davis is there. But, you know, if the run game can give Avitalanki a little more push, the run game could help. That will, I mean, the offense, I think, especially Jaren's not 100%, uh, needs that today. I think that's how BYU would win, to get at least a solid, solid game from the run, from the running game today. Yeah. And even just when you're talking about with uh, Jaren, it's even his injuries, right? Like, he cracked his ribs against, Arizona in the Arizona game last year, finished that game, played the entire yeah. Utah game. That's where he went yeah. from like a crack to a nails. broken rib. And yeah. then he played the entire, and that's where he first kind of strained his shoulder was against Utah. And mm-hmm. then ASU, he played the entire game with a broken ribs. And yeah. then he took that big hit and that's when he actually fully separated it. So it went from a strain to separate. So it, yeah. this isn't an injury that he's like no. not, familiar with like it's yeah. not you know a questionable we were, thing we were talking about because i remember last year before the boys game obviously BYU lost that game but i remember people i remember going to the week or people talking about like man like people thought conover was going to start i remember like a lot of people were saying like jaren like, came and throw the ball 10 yards you know i mean jaren still threw like he's like 300 over 300 yards to that game um and then you know BYU lost like algier and lapini kind of had uncharacteristic fumbles you know, Jaron was not 100% Jaron, still threw over 300 yards. So, like, even if he's not 100%, like, like he knows how to play through pain. He's done it before. Like, he's won multiple P5 games last year with the hurt ribs and shoulders. Like, he could definitely do it. Um, it just concerns me because I know, like, that's where BYU needs to exploit Notre Dame's the corners and the edges. And if Jaron can't 100% do that, that's what makes me, like, a little bit nerd. Like, that's why I hedge a little bit and pick Notre Dame. Right. And so, yeah, I think... I don't know. I think I'm sticking with my 27-17. I would hope to be wrong. Uh, I will definitely hedge my happiness. So I'm will I'm gonna go over uh, head, when I head over to the book. I will take a Notre Dame to win outright and yeah. uh, put. Yeah, I will take Notre Dame to win outright, and I'm gonna inquire to see what the team total is on BYU because I think I will take the under on that. Um, yeah. but the. And I don't, well, I guess I could figure out what the team total guesstimate would be because it was like 50. Yeah. So I guess they're saying. and a half was the line, maybe. Or, or the total was. Uh, let's see, where did I just go? Odd oh, shark. Um, Say open 51 and a half. I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Right now it's. Uh, it's like a 51 right now. So 51 with a four point. So about 23 uh, for BYU. Yeah. So 47 divided. So yeah, so basically Vegas is predicting twenty seven twenty three. So that's exactly what I said without even knowing. That's exactly what I said. But I don't trust our kickers, and so that's how we ended up in seventeen. Yeah, 17. So, <laughs> exactly. So because <laughs> never trust a kicker. Take the BYU under on the team total. Um, yeah. uh, this is what are are you uh, are you just watching at home today with your wife and daughter? You guys, you yeah, the big get together. Yeah, I. And I usually just watch BYU games in the very small groups. Like, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a calm person. Um, I, I just don't like people that re- aren't really into it, just given like their commentary. And it's like, they obviously don't follow BYU at all. And then they just watch the Saturday games. Like, oh, this is terrible. It's like, they still know what they talk about. It's like, it kind of just annoys me. So, you know, I just like or to watch, the person you know. that's like a roller coaster that like, I know it's to the, like the first, first down of the first drive of the game they're like our defense sucks like we need to fire too hard like this is so embarrassing like then we're gonna get run all over this entire game. and exactly like yeah i like to like i'm i yeah i don't like any either of those so yeah, i was watching myself if 
Haley, my wife, and our one-year-old daughter. I mean, my parents still live in Vegas. I grew up there. Um, so I could have gone down, but I'm going down home for Thanksgiving. So not making two trips in a row. Um, so yeah, I'll be watching here. Are you sure you don't want to go donate blood in Palo Alto to get four free tickets to the Stanford game? I know. Yeah, in case people didn't see that. Yeah, Stanford, like one of their, I don't know, if through Stanford, some like blood bank around Palo Alto. They, if you donate blood, you get four free tickets to BYU Stanford. So that kind of shows you where uh, the Stanford football program is right now. So Truly BYU, an embarrassment. Yeah. An embarrassment to this sport. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no if one, you like, are listening. Yeah, if, if you're in the Bay Area, there you go. Get your four free tickets. You could probably still sit anywhere you want because there's going to be five times yeah. the BYU fans as you stay yeah. the fans. Or for in Utah, what's the highway it cuts across Nevada? Is I-80 that goes to Reno? Yeah. Uh, to, yeah, yes. just, yeah, make the 10-hour or whatever it is drive over there Thanksgiving weekend and don't it blow. Dude, that but, drive is awful. It's like that is the ugliest drive. in the. Uh, they yeah. should just replace the death penalty by making people yeah. drive I-80 back and forth across Nevada. Yeah, yeah. as a Nevada native um, – Nevada's the it's gotta be the ugliest state. Um like driving across the middle of Nevada, like there's literally nothing. Like I've driven from Seattle. I live in Seattle now, I've driven from Seattle to Vegas. Like yeah, once you get to Nevada, whew, it's rough. <laughs> what is there I guess what you go down and you go through like do you go Reno to Vegas and there's just like is there even two, any town? There's like three different ways. There's three different ways to go. Three reasonable. You could go through Oregon, cut like Eugene and go through the middle of Oregon, a little bit top half of california go through reno you go through cut through oregon go all the way through oregon you go through the middle of nevada that's technically the most direct route it saves you like an hour but it's the most boring but drive if, or you could go through utah and, an and extra if your hour. car breaks down you're screwed exactly yeah so like when you go through the top of nevada there's a town called jackpot nevada right at the idaho border um and then yeah once you get through there there's like i don't even know if i drove through elko or any of that but uh, yeah it's it's pretty and honestly no one Eastern Oregon, it honestly might be more desolate than Nevada. Like, because you have Portland and you have Bend, like in the central, and then Oregon is like absolutely nothing. Like, it's just, it's, there's, there's it's a little bit more green than Nevada. But yeah, going through Oregon, real Oregon, Nevada, yeah, if you break down there, you're in trouble. But, uh, anyways, yeah, I won't be doing that drive anytime soon. Uh, we did it during COVID a couple times, but, uh, now we, we, and we it's not ideal. Flight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, um, well, and now there's probably even two between Vegas and there. You, you can hop on like Spirit or something. You're you're risking your life, but you can hop on Spirit for like twelve dollars and fly from Seattle to yeah, Vegas. Exactly. I just suck it up for two and a half hours. Uh, or drive up to uh, drive up to Bellevue and take Allegiant. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, awesome! Thanks for hopping on. Enjoy watching the game, and hopefully our predictions are wrong in every single way. I hope we were both wrong. Yeah, hopefully Jaren's has I was just faking his shoulder, just zip it on the sideline. BYU wins forty-four to seventeen. So okay, maybe from your lips from your lips to God's ears, cookies by ninety. <laughs>